The Heavy Duty Parts Report is brought to you by Find It Parts, your ultimate destination for heavy duty truck and trailer parts. Discover a vast range of parts at finditparts.com. Ready to purchase the parts discussed in today's episode? Head over to finditparts.com and get them right away. You're listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and this is the podcast where you'll get expert advice about the heavy duty parts that you buy and keep you informed about what's going on in the industry. This episode is sponsored by truckpartscross.com. With over 1.5 million crosses and growing every day, you can cross just about any part you're looking for on truckpartscross.com. Links are in the show notes. Check it out. In this episode, we are going to discuss DPF cleaning. And to help us with that, I'd like to introduce Steve Hoke, president of Diesel Emissions Service. Steve, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Jamie. Absolute pleasure. Why should you get your diesel particulate filters cleaned instead of buying a reman filter? The biggest difference is, as you know, the history of the filter. Uh, reman filters have a place in the market. Um, California doesn't believe so, but the rest of the, the nation does um, for a quick, a convenient way to have something ready to go back into the vehicle. Um, the, the problem is, is on the filter side, there really isn't much testing other than weight and flow. So you don't know what contaminants have been in there. Don't know if uh, ethylene glycol has gone through there and hurt the coating. So it's always better to clean your own filter. Tell us about the filter therm DPF thermal regeneration cleaning equipment that you have invested in and your eight-step cleaning process. Kind of walk us through, if we're not going to exchange these filters, we're going to clean them. Walk us through your process. So the the filter therm brand is a brand we created years ago uh, to to make things better, to make things more educational, to improve the training process. Um, It's still there to clean product, but where people were using old pottery kilns and trying to reprogram themselves, um, they had a lot of safety issues with that machine. Um, It could do, if it wasn't programmed properly, it could do 2,500 Fahrenheit, which would actually melt the core of the filter. So we set out to build an oven that was safe, reliable, made for cleaning DPFs. Um, Our standard size does eight to 10 filters at a time. It's not gonna warp the bottom. It's not gonna gonna overmelt the filter. Um, It can be, it's made to be a serviceable part. The walls can be changed out if you happen to break one or smash one, uh, putting a 100 pound filter in. Um, But one of the coolest things is the the touch screen itself. Instead of guessing what you have, there's, it's basically has its own training in there. You can say, I have a OEM filter or a retrofit filter. It'll pull up the pictures. Yep. I have a Cummins. It looks like this. I have seven of them going in. You can load it. And then the, the algorithm of the machine will actually monitor the ramping up, accelerate it depending on how many filters are there or slow it down depending on how many filters are there. It samples different uh, soak rates and can say, Hey, the internal temp of the oven has achieved what we need to achieve. We actually don't need to keep heating it for two more hours. We can now start back on the cool down back to ambient. Um, the dealerships love it because a, the quantity of filters they can do Two, you can touch it. So when it's 1100 degrees, you can hug it, you can touch it, you can show your kid it. It's not going to burn them. It's not going to scald them. Um, we have what are called cool skin technology. We actually convex air between the inner chamber and the outer skin. So you're really never going to get burnt. Um, we put a, uh, safety door latch. So we actually had a case years ago where one of our employees, um, you'll probably get mad if I say this, but the, the old pottery kilns used to have eye vents in there. So you could look through to see how your glassware was doing when you would do pottery. And he decided at 1100 degrees to look in there. 
Um, it cost us about $4,000 in workers' comp. Uh, he went to the hospital with his eyes swollen shut. Um, and then we said, we will never have that again. So we've, we've made the changes safety-wise to be a priority. Uh, the oven itself is, is just a great feature. So are you supplying the service and the actual oven? Like, how does that all work? So we, diesel emission service has six brick and mortar locations that actually service all emission systems, OEM retrofit, um, truck repair. The, the manufacturing side of diesel emission service actually manufactures the machine. So we go from flat metal dropped off to stamped out, bent, uh, powder coated, welded, or welded, then powder coated, um, assembled. We have our own UL electronic shop in-house. Um, we do, we use all our own equipment. Um, that's how we validate things to make sure that it does do what it's supposed to do. Um, and that's, that's what's led to us expanding our line. When we talk about our process, the filter therm process, the process is a process. It doesn't matter if you buy our equipment or someone else's equipment. So when we do training, we don't say, Hey, look, buddy, you have to buy our equipment. If you're not using our equipment, you're not getting your filter clean. That's hogwash it's a process. It's if you can replicate something every time, then it shows you when something's out of the norm. And that's really what we train people on. It's is when our trainers go out, they're not wearing a filter therm shirt saying, buy our equipment and we're not going to help you. That's like the fifth thing down first is what's the problem. Let's figure out how to get you to solve the problem. Let's figure out to give you a process. So it's repeatable every time, which is in our, in our side, why we developed our filter track software um, shops all across uh, North America use the software free of charge. Um, they actually get a cleaning report. They put before and after pictures. They put weights. And it's in a database. So the next time they go clean it, it'll actually compare it to the last time. Or, or if a tech had a note that said, hey, truck 73 filter serial number XYZ was in here three months ago. And the tech noted that it was having cell issues and now it's back. It's condemned. It needs to be gone away. So we, we make this stuff really for our own business. So six locations, we clean over a thousand filters a month. Um, we had to have a way for us to document, verify um, everything that we do in our eight step process to have it on paper that gets sent to the customer, gets sent to actually an attached to our ERP system. And then we, we, you know, we tell all our competitors, you're more than welcome to use it also. It's not, it doesn't have our name on it. It says filter tracks so and no one's going to, jump out and try to do business with diesel emission service. And we have cleaning shops all across North America that use the software, which on the backside of the data set, no names, but we have filter serial numbers, which we know what the filters are. We have information and we can do um, data mining to say, we're seeing a problem in 2009 CAT C15 engines that people are only pulling hundred grams of ash out. We want to know why they're only pulling hundred grams of ash out when, History tells us that it should be pulling 600 grams of ash out. So is the filter not working? Is the catalyst not working? So there's a lot of things that we grab from that data. And then our partners in the industry that um, we build and, and buy DPF from, we share that with them to make a better product. So it sounds to me like you started with the premise that you needed to be able to have a consistent result. And then you built the process around that. Can you just articulate for us exactly why this process results are consistent with the process? Yeah, so the 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 eight step process, which I probably couldn't tell you off the top of my head, so I'm looking at a picture. It says uh, the first process is inspection and documentation. Inspect the filter. If if you drive, if Jamie, if you pulled up to my truck or to one of our shops and you took a filter out of your truck, if the outlet is not brand new looking and it's discolored or soot on it, I'm going to tell you it's no good. There's no reason to even go any further. There's no reason to write a work order. We'll figure out what your engine problem is so it doesn't happen to another filter. So inspection and documentation. The second one is wire test and weigh the filter. 
wire test, a piece of 30 cent wire tells us really more about the internal cells of that filter than any $50,000 machine on the market. It's just a piece of wire. Your human hand can feel things through a wire that even a boroscope's not going to see. I mean, most shops aren't going to spend $12,000 for a, a 30 millimeter head on a boroscope. Um, so wire test and weight. And then the other thing, weight, um, which leads me to one of my other things is when a filter shop is cleaning a filter, they don't know what the filter is supposed to weigh. So theoretically, how do they ever know if they got it clean? Um, one of our aftermarket brands, Redline Emissions Products, we actually patented the born-on weight on our filter. So when we sell a filter, it has the born-on weight and it has a serial number that you can actually call and get the flow rate for that filter. So the day it was new, you actually can do it online. You don't have to call. But you can, a cleaning shop that has a, a Redline filter sees that the day it was sold, new, produced, Here's what it weighed. It weighed 21,300 grams. And if he's cleaning it, getting it within 100, 200 grams, 100, 150 grams, he knows that he's cleaned that filter. And that's just one step. We never base everything on weight. Flow is another thing. So if you don't know what a new substrate was supposed to flow, how do you know if you're, how do you know if you're getting it clean? So um, we, we do the flow, uh, we do the weight test, we do the flow test, then we de-ash the filter. And we always try to blow as much nasty soot out of it out of the filter first before we put it in the oven, it just reduces the chance to ever having a thermal event uh, inside the filter itself uh, to melt out. So then we bake the filter, we de-ash the filter again, we test the flow as I'm going through it. We did wire test and weight test because if it had an exotherm, you, your wire test, would you'd pick it up real quick. The wire would go in a couple inches. Um, and then we do a final inspection. So when we're done, you actually have basically every picture before and after, you have all your flow, your weights, and then when you're done, you have the same thing. So it's comparative. The customer can see it. Um, and then same thing. If we only if we see that we're getting very little ash out of it, we'll actually make a comment um, why we're not getting much ash. And then we have some filters. Uh, we have one that was a record breaker. It was a C15 on a concrete or a propane pumper um, that that actually pulled almost two pounds of ash, which is just unheard of. And when we found out, he's like, well, I never hit my mileage deal, but I have 12,000 hours of pumping propane. So I figured I better get it clean. It was like, holy cow. So yeah, it's a uh, documentation is uh, everything. You're listening to the heavy duty parts report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and we've been speaking with Steve Hoke, president of diesel emissions service. Steve, you offer your services to a wide range of customers from school buses and municipal uh, fleets all the way up to on and off-road trucks. Is there a lot of difference in the filter technology from, let's say, a bus to a semi-truck? Technology, um, the, the, the difference in what, what people sometimes associate with different technologies is retrofit, which is what California has seen and and lots of other states are starting to adopt for pre-07 trucks. So pre-07 vehicles that had no DPF on them, um, some states have mandated and there's grant processes to add DPS on them to lower the PM. Um, those filters are, are historically different than OEM filters because they weren't certified as part of the engine package. So those filters have generally a higher amount of platinum palladium in them to meet a certain reduction level where the OEM filters, since they don't really differentiate between the engine had a certain PM or NOx number, and then we have the filtration system. They basically do it as a certified package. The construction is really the same. Corgerite is made by Corning or NGK here in the U.S., um, and then silicon carbide is is uh, a brick that we see in the aftermarket in some severe-duty OEM applications. Daimler uses it in some applications. Um, can see a lot more temperature 
Um, the cordurite is a great material until it has high temperatures. So if you have a, a fuel injector overfueling, you'll generally wipe out the DPF. Um, a lot of a lot of differences that most shops don't know is because the the, the DPF cleaning business has historically been a drop off and pickup business. So a guy drops off with a pickup, says, "Here's my filter, clean it." The shop really doesn't know much about the filter. So they don't know when they just see a 15 inch tall filter, they don't know, did it come out of a, a cat? So it's catalyzed. They don't know if it came out of a Cummins um, that had a DOC in front of it. So the, the catalyst is all in the DOC and the filter is, has no coating whatsoever. Um, and why I bring this up is when people say, oh, you can clean oil baked filters. Well, yes and no. If it's a non catalyzed filter, you can have some success removing the oil and and the, the zinc and all the, the schmutz out of the filter and it'll still do what it's supposed to do if it's a catalyzed filter the filters jump once that um, oil um, hits the catalyst it poisons the catalyst and causes issues that most people they just say you know they can clean an oil filter and um, so the other problem is is with the doc a guy will bring a filter in you'll clean it it looks great on paper. He goes back, he calls up, says, hey, my filters, my light's on again. You guys don't know what the hell you're doing. Takes it to another shop. The sad part of that is it was probably a non-catalyzed filter, and he's already had an ISX with an EGR issue that has fouled or poisoned his DOC. So the DOC doesn't do what it's supposed to do. So then the switch just goes straight through the catalyst into the filter. So no matter who cleaned the filter, until the catalyst is changed and doing what it's supposed to do, which is oxidized soot, it's never, you're never going to make the filter happy. So there's a lot of scenarios. And that's what we try to train people on mostly is there is no blanket answer for the industry. It's every truck acts a little different. Every truck have issues. Um, when I hear an ISX with an EGR problem, I don't tell a guy he's going to have to buy a new DOC and DPF, but let's test it for you. Let's check some stuff. Let us, let us have some time. And, you know, if we have a day or two, we can probably save you five grand. Um, if we can't, we'll be the first ones to tell you, you you've got to spend the money. Things are very dynamic right now in the industry. Uh, there's a lot of outside forces that are impacting the industry. How are you planning for, let's say, the next five years? So the as far as diesel emission service, we have several um, revenue streams in, in manufacturing. Um, we, have, um, um, we have a manufacturing element. Um, we own, we we just leased another 10,000 square foot, a mile and a half from our main facility because we need, we're building three more buildings next door and we don't have enough time to wait till those three are done. So we've added another 10,000 square foot for new machine assembly for filter therm. Um, we're getting ready to debut an aqueous machine to the market and a drying system that'll blow people's minds. Um, the retrofit side of our business, we still do grants. Uh, we do projects in New York. We're doing quite a few in New York right now. Um, Oregon is getting ready to adopt California's truck and bus rule. Um, we do projects in Idaho. We do projects in Utah. So that's still a retrofit is still a big focus for us. Um, the, the, the main part of our business, the truck repair at uh, the facilities, um, we build diesel engines. Uh, Australia is our main market. So we build about 50 engines a year and about 49 of them go to Australia. Um, we've, we've have a great partner over there. We actually have two of them, one in Sydney, one in Brisbane, and we love to go to places uh, to do business. And we are gearing up now for India. Um, myself and three of my staff are headed there in February for three weeks. Um, we already have boots on the ground. They got ultra low sulfur diesel May 1st. Um, just about every emissions company in North America is going to be trying to get involved. 
Um, we have a plant there already to, to uh, get ready to start making cleaning machines for us over there. Um, so we're excited with uh, helping the people there, helping the air there, and a new business venture for us. Well, congratulations. That's fantastic. What are your thoughts on cost per mile over purchase price? One of the, I didn't bring up one of the revenue sources and one of the things that are just part of getting out and talking to people and, and um, we're getting ready to start doing more joint training with um, Tyler Robertson's group, Diesel Laptops. And honestly, that excites me more than anything. And it's not, it's not getting people software. It's just getting people trained because there's always this high-tech version of emissions that you have to be a factory guy to understand it. And it's not there. All shops can deal with it. All shops can fix this. Um, we just, it, the emissions get such a bad rap that part of Tyler's group of training everybody, whether it be marine, off-road, on-road, um, is something that we set back and go, that's what we've been trying to do for years. We just want knowledge is power, man. Let's share it. Let's, let's, I mean, we don't by any means think we're better than anybody else. We think on the emissions sector, we know it very, very well. On the retrofit sector, we've done over 17,000 retrofit installs. Our techs, we have 12 service trucks, uh, about 23 techs that can solve any issue on the emissions side, knock on wood. Um, and we want people to share in that knowledge. It doesn't do any good to have it yourself and be here in this slice of, of Western U.S. We want everybody to have it and not be afraid of this stuff. You know, check engine light comes on. Um, it's like it's like going to the doctor, right? It's it's a pain in the ass. Or it's a pain in the butt. Um, it takes out time from your day. You, you're like, oh, I got to get stuff done. Now I got to go to the doctor. And you sit there all day. And maybe the doctor can't even see you. And 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 then you go back to work. You, you lost production. Well, on owner operators trucks, that's a day. I mean, that's that's a, a good chance, a thousand bucks, twelve hundred bucks, whatever they make. These this emission system needs to be fixable. Diagno uh, the diagnostics needs to be fixable by more people than just the dealer. And I think that's where Tyler's and Tyler's got so many things going on. But that's one of his goals is to make hey, if you buy your stuff from us and you do the training with us, we'll train you to be the expert sixty dollar an hour, hundred dollar an hour guy at the dealer that you don't now have to go to. Not nothing against the dealers, but it's just uh, there's been a myth on the emission system that only dealers can take care of, and I totally disagree. You've been listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and we've been speaking with Steve Hoke, president of Diesel Emissions Service. To learn more about Diesel Emissions Service, go to dieselemissionsservice.com. Again, links are in the show notes. Steve, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Absolutely. Fantastic. Uh, I appreciate everything you do, Jamie. Have you subscribed to the podcast yet? Go to heavydutypartsreport.com to listen to and subscribe to the podcast. And remember to focus on cost per mile over purchase price, and let's keep those trucks and trailers rolling. HDA Truck Pride is the heart of the Independent Parts and Service Channel. They have 750 parts stores and 450 service centers conveniently located across the U.S. and Canada. Visit heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride today to find a location near you. Again, that's heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride and let the heart of the Independent Service Channel take care of your commercial equipment.